Welcome to the Servant's Heart Chapel podcast with Pastor Daryl Underwood. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by this week's sermon. Now here's Pastor Daryl. It is good to be in the house of the Lord today. What we're going to talk about today is really answer the question, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? Different religions, everybody has something to say about Jesus. They can't leave Jesus alone. Either they love him or they hate him. They always have to make a statement about him. I know recently Netflix put out a show where some supposed comedy thing where they portray Jesus as gay. as a way of making their political point of view. They can't leave him alone. In Islam, Jesus is considered a great prophet of God. Did you know that? They believe he was born of a virgin. They believe he did ascend to heaven. They don't think he died on a cross. But they believe he was a good teacher, a good prophet. Judaism treats him as a great teacher. Uh, Hinduism uh, considers him uh, a god now. He's a god of the many. Uh, Buddhism considers him to be a good teacher. But here in in John, we see uh, something special where Jesus puts aside all the parables, all the symbols, all the uh, prophecies, all the signs, and states plainly who and what he is and what that means to us. We have a proclamation of Jesus right here. In, in Isaiah, before we get into it, in Uh, Going back to Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 4, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord shines over you. For look, darkness covers the earth, and total darkness of peoples But the Lord will shine over you and His glory will appear over you. The nations will come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your radiance. Raise your eyes and look around. They all gather and come to you. Your sons will come from far away and your daughters will be carried on the hip. Arise and shine, for the light has come, this dark world. This prophecy given 700 years before Jesus from the book of Isaiah. And now we go back to John chapter 8, verse 12. And Jesus spoke to them again. He said, I am the light of the world. That light that was prophesied, I am that light. 
received. And that is the first of 14 statements Jesus makes about himself in this passage. And so you can see, I've really got to get on it or this sermon's going to be really long, isn't it? Jesus said, I am the light. And that means that we can follow him. We have something to see. We were blind. We, we, we couldn't. You remember being in darkness and in sin? You didn't know what to do until light was shed in your heart and you saw, oh, I'm not right with God. I need to get right with God. The only way to do that is to do it through the work of Christ. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness. If you follow Jesus, you'll never walk in darkness. So when I have people tell me, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I'm at a loss. I'm, I'm overwhelmed with life. And, and, and I'm wondering, how much are they following Christ? a puzzle, it's not a mystery. His words are plain in, in God's Word. Never walk in darkness, but that conjunction, that contrasting statement, instead of walking in darkness, they'll have the light of life. You know that word life is a very special word. It's, it's not just the, the uh, basic life. It's life in abundance. Where you remember in another passage, Jesus said, I, I, I come so you have life, but have life abundantly. Just abounding life. Full. It's meaningful. No matter what, uh, what we go through in life, there's value to it. There's a redeeming quality to it. We're not wasting our life just waiting to die. There's hope, there's an intent, there's a purpose, there's a finish line. We will never walk in darkness, but have this complete and full life. So then the Pharisees had to respond to that. They said to him, you're testifying about yourself. Your testimony isn't valid. Why would they say that? Well, in Jewish law, you had to have two witnesses. So you couldn't just testify about yourself. You need to have somebody else to vouch for you. And they're saying, there's nobody here to vouch for you. So your testimony isn't valid. So then Jesus responds to that. Yeah, I, I testify about myself. My testimony is valid. And he explains why. First he said, I know where I came from. Where did, he, where did Jesus come from? Well, we see that in John, the very beginning of John. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. Life was in him, and that life was the light of men. Verse 5, that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. That's Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is God. He came from heaven. He, he, that's where He originated. He's the eternal one. He came from. And He says, I know where I'm going. Well, where, where, where was Jesus going? Well, we see that in Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then Acts chapter 1, after Jesus said that, we know that verse 4, he commanded Acts 1, where he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem. But Go, you know, he instructed them to wait. In verse 9, after he said this, he was taken up as they were watching in the cloud, the cloud and took them out of their sight. Going up back into heaven with all authority. He started out with authority, he went back to having full authority. I know where I came from, I know where I'm going. But you don't know where I came from or where I'm going. Verse 15. You judge by human standards. We have a tendency to do that, don't we? We judge on the outside. The Bible says Jesus wasn't uh, noticeably handsome. Very average looking guy. I think you don't look like much. And they judge on the outside to see what, what he looked like and the people he was around. And, and they, they, don't, they don't judge by the heart. He said, I, I, I judge no one. I don't judge anybody by human standards. And if I do judge, verse 16, my judgment is true because I'm not alone. And I, but I and the Father who sent me judge together. Even in your law is written, the witness of two men is valid. So we, we see that. Even your law is written that the testimony of two witnesses is valid. So he mentions that. 
So, well, there are two witnesses, he said. Verse 18, I'm the one who testifies about myself. And the Father who sent me testifies about me. And they asked, well, where is your father? I don't know if how many of them knew that his earthly father, we assume, had passed away because we don't really hear anything about him after his early childhood. So who, where is your father? And he said, you, you don't know me nor my father. Jesus answered, if you knew me, you would also know my father. And then in verse 20, there's this parenthetical statement uh, where the writer said he spoke these words by the treasury while teaching in the temple complex. So he's in the temple next to the treasury area, but no one sees him because his hour had not come. His hour being that time where he would give himself as a sacrifice for the sin of the world. So no one sees him. Verse 21, then he, then he uh, said to them, I'm going away. I've, I've actually, let me back up a little bit. So we said, Jesus said, I am the light, right? So we can follow him. Jesus also said, I'm worthy. We talked about, I know where I've come from and I know where I'm going. So we can believe him. Jesus said, I'm a true witness when he said, you talk about him being a witness with his father. I am a true witness, so we can trust his witness. We can trust him. And finally, Jesus, in verse 21, Jesus said, I'm going away. And because he's going away, we have hope. We can hope. We can have this expectation that he's coming back. He hasn't just left us for good. He's going away for a purpose. He's preparing a place for us. And when his time here on earth is fulfilled, then we will join him. He will come get us. I'm going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. The Jews, they, they didn't get that. They were confused. Is he going to kill himself? Verse 23, Jesus responded to them, you're from below on earth. You're from earth. I'm from above. You are of this world. I am not this world. This is the fifth thing that Jesus said of himself. I am not of this world. I am not like you. Jesus is not like anyone else. Other people fail us. He never fails. Other people have lied to us. He's never lied. Other people, I can misconstrue whatever. He doesn't do that. Verse 24, Therefore I told you, that you will die in your sins, for you do not believe that I am He. You don't believe, you're going to die in your sins. If you don't believe Jesus came to save us, is our Messiah, and rescue us from our debt of sin, then you will die in your sins. That's all it is to it. Who are you? 
Now they're asking. Precisely what I've been telling you from the very beginning. Jesus said, I have many things to say and, and to judge about you, but the one who sent me is true. And what I have heard from him, these things I tell the world. Here's a sixth thing that Jesus states about himself. He says, I am a messenger. Jesus had a message from the Father to us, a message to give us, and we should listen to what that message is. Verse 27, they did not know he was speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you lift up, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. Now lifting up, form, the former death he was going to take, he was going to be crucified, nailed to a piece of wood, and lifted up off the ground. Son of Man is another term for the Messiah. So here's the seventh thing that Jesus said about himself. He said, I am the Messiah. I am the one who's come to rescue you, rescue the world. And so we can look to rescue from him. If you feel lost, if you don't know what to do, if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel Chained by sin, Jesus can and will rescue you. I am He, and that I will do nothing on my own, but just as the Father taught me, I say these things. Verse 29, the one who sent me is with me. So Jesus, number eight, the eighth thing that Jesus said about himself is that I am sent by the Father. And, he has, and he's left, not left me alone because I will always do what pleases him. So statement number nine, Jesus said, I am pleasing the Father. My, my life pleases God the Father. He was always with me. We always want to strive to be pleasing to God, that our lives would please God. That's why we always strive to live lives uh, free of any willful sin against a known law of God. We always strive for that. Verse 30. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. Praise the Lord. So Jesus said, verse 31, just said to the Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, or my teaching, my message, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's a tenth statement about himself. Jesus said, I am the truth. 
In fact, in a different passage, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So Jesus, uh, we, we, we can know the truth. We can know him. We seek him. We find out the truth. So many books are constantly, for thousands of years, we've uh, strived to know what the truth is. What is truth, right? Pontius Pilate asked that question, what is truth? Ancient Greeks and Romans and and throughout the the Renaissance period and and into the so-called Enlightenment period and the postmodern age, always and questioning more and more what is truth, what is reality. And Jesus said, I am truth. You can take that to the bank. That's what I have learned in my life. God's word is truth. Everything in my life, as I have endeavored to imply the principles and commands from God's word in my life, it has wrong true every time and every time I violated a law of God that has as nothing has uh, benefited me not one bit and has only caused me pain and suffering so I know it's true cool thing about truth is no matter how hard you hammer on it it always stands It's okay to test truth. In fact, we're encouraged to. Test it. Try it out. It's like walking on a on a suspension bridge for the first time. A wood, you know, wooden rope one. Missy would never even take one step. But I would go, but you know, I would probably just kind of Put a little bit of weight on the wood planks. Maybe bounce with my hands on the ropes. Maybe bounce up and down just a little bit. What are they doing? Do I hear any cracking? And then you, you know, okay, this is solid. This is a solid bridge. And I can go forward with full confidence. And that's what we do with God's Word. We can try them out, try the Lord's truth out. Oh, you know what? That is good. I can rely on that. And when that's how we maintain such peace in life, when everybody else around us is in turmoil and they don't know what to do and they're so frustrated and and, and we can maintain full peace even in the worst of circumstances. Why? Because we built our house on the rock, on a solid foundation. We built our life on a solid foundation. Verse 33. The uh, <clears throat> Pharisees reply, we're descendants of Abraham. They answered him. And, and we've never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? They were still thinking on human terms. Jesus responded, I assure you, everyone who commits a sin is a slave of sin. Did you know that? Anybody commits a sin is a slave to sin? 
And a slave, Jesus said, verse 35, is not part of a household. A slave does not have any rights to the household resources, household inheritance, any benefits. Thirty-six. Therefore, if the Son sets you free, you really will be free. You see, if the Son, the Son can set people free. He has the authority. He has the right. And this is the eleventh statement about himself Jesus made. He said, He's the Son of God. You see, we can look at Jesus for eternal inheritance, for eternal blessings, because of who he is. And Jesus said, But you're trying to I uh, you're trying to kill me because my word has no place in you or not welcome among you. My message. You don't like it. It's not consistent with your life philosophy. So therefore, you don't like hearing this because it's going to mess some things up for you. You're not going to get to do what you want to do. There were some people in this group, I'm sure, were cheating others. There were some who were lying. There were some who were stealing. There were some who were doing things they would know were wrong, but they'd rationalize in their own mind. And Jesus called them out. Verse 38, I speak what I have seen in the presence of the Father. Therefore, you do what you have heard from your father. And they said, our father is Abraham. And Jesus replied, if you're Abraham's children, you would do what Abraham did. But now you're trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God, Abraham did not do this. You're doing what your father did or your father does. They say, we were born of sexual immorality. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me because I came from God and I'm here for I didn't come on my own, but he sent me. Why, why don't you understand what I say? Because you cannot listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has not stood in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he's a liar and the father of liars. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Who among you can convict me of sin? If I tell the truth, why don't you believe me? The one who is from God listens to God's words. This is why you don't listen, because you are not from God.
Verse 48, the Jews responded to him, Why aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan and have a demon? You're not even a real uh, Israelite. You're a Samaritan and you're, you're demonically possessed. And Jesus said, I do not have a demon. On the contrary, I honor my father and you dishonor me. I do not seek my own glory. The one who seeks it also judges, I assure you. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death ever. And this is the 13th. Thing about himself, Jesus said, he said, I am the giver of eternal life. I may have forgotten to give it the twelfth one where Jesus said about himself, I'm the one who sets the captives free. He set me free. Verse 52. Then the Jews said, Now we know you have a demon. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. You say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death ever. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died? Even the prophets died. Who do you pretend to be? Verse 54. If I glorify myself, Jesus answered, My glory is nothing. My Father, you say about him, he is our God, he is the one who glorifies me. You've never known him, but I know him. If I were to say I don't know him, I would be a liar like you, but I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham was overjoyed that he would see my day. He saw it and rejoiced. The Jews replied, you aren't 50 years old yet, and you've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, I assure you, before Abraham was, I am. At that, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden and went out of the temple complex. Why did they pick up stones to throw at him? Because Jesus said, I am. You see, when Moses uh, first met with God, at the burning bush, and he asked him, who should I tell them who has sent me? And God said, tell them I am sent you. The eternal one, the all-existent, beginning and end. And Jesus tells them, I assure you, before Abraham was, I am. And we, he makes it even more clear. We're going to skip over to John 10, verse 30, where Jesus said, The Father and I are one. And in verse 31, again, the Jews picked up rocks to stone him. And Jesus replied, I have shown you many good works from the Father. Which of these works are you stoning me for? We aren't stoning you for a good work, the Jews answered but for blasphemy because you, being a man, make yourself God. 
You see, they were being to stone him the first time because he was very clearly making himself God. His the final statement about himself, this final declaration, Jesus said, I am God. This declaration, this proclamation of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the light, I am worthy, I am the true witness, I am going away, I am not this world, I am a messenger, I am the Messiah, I am sent by the Father, I am pleasing the Father, I am truth, I am the Son of God, I am the one who sets the captive free, I am the giver of eternal life, and I am God. And so I want to end this today by asking you, who do you say Jesus is? And if, if you say, oh, he's God. He's the Messiah. He's the one who, who died for my sins. I would say all that's true, but I want to ask you, does your life match your words? We've seen many people in our church whose life did not match their words. You see, in 1 John chapter 2, and verse 4, I believe, The one who says, I have come to know him, referring to Jesus, it doesn't keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. I've had many people sit in counseling with them, and they would tell me, oh, I, I believe in God, and I want to serve him, and I want to follow Jesus, and you know, be pleasing to him. And I tell them, I said, your, your actions don't match your words. Make sure your life matches what you say you believe. Because your life is actually what you truly believe. How you live your life, where you spend your money, where you spend your time, that tells where your priorities and loves where your heart truly lies. Thank you for joining us. If you liked this podcast, then hit the subscribe button. Also take some time to rate us. Feel free to check out our website at servantsheartchapel.org and you can email us at servantsheartchapel at gmail.com. Thanks again and have a blessed week.